0: Today's quote comes from John Burroughs. He was an American naturalist, and he wrote a book, fittingly for today, entitled Under the Maples. I always feel at home where the sugar maple grows. Glorious in autumn, a fountain of coolness in summer, sugar in its veins, gold in its foliage, warmth in its fibers, and health in it the year round. Hey, all I'm Paul Sievers, interpreter with Great Parks of Hamilton County, and you are listening to Take It Outdoors, a podcast where you can enjoy the outdoors from the indoors. This episode will be the most magical, the most delicious, the most inspiring episode we will ever record. I know that's a tall order, but today's topic is no small thing. It's maple sugaring. Maple syrup sales alone account for an estimated $140 in the U.S., 3 million of which comes from Ohio. And that does not include money from tourism, wages, equipment manufacturers, maple packers, and all that other good stuff that goes along with it. So let's just say it's a big industry. But we're not here to talk about the economics of maple sugaring. We're here to talk about making maple sugar in all its various forms, specifically syrup, as we all know it best. And of course, we're here to talk about eating maple syrup. We'll probably talk a lot about eating maple syrup, in fact. But To start off, we will be joined by Penny Borgman. She is a retired interpreter with Great Parks, and then we will take it outdoors with Tom to actually tap a few trees at Mitchell Memorial Forest. So Penny, thanks for joining us today on Take It Outdoors.
1: Thanks for having me. My pleasure.
0: All right, so to start off with, what is maple syrup? I mean, a lot of people... It kind of surprised me how many people have never actually had real maple syrup. They think of the brands that you buy at the store... It's not real maple syrup, so what, what is real maple syrup?
1: Well, first of all, to me, maple syrup is a symbol representing that nature is coming to a close with its winter season and the spring is just on the horizon. So it, it's representative to me of that whole waking up, moving from one season to another. And maple syrup is, is a product that's made by harvesting the sap from the sugar maple trees and converting the sap then into sweet, thick, sticky syrup.
0: I love that you didn't start off with, this is a product, this is a food, but it, instead you started off with what it kind of means to you. That's the the great thing about maple syrup to me and just sugaring in general is just, it's such a romantic topic, like going out into the woods wearing buffalo plaid as the snow is melting and spring is around the corner, but not quite yet. And we're tapping these trees and carrying these buckets of sap back to the sugar shack. and
1: It'll take you with glee right through the end of
0: winter. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great way to, <laughs> to wrap it all up and get ready for spring. So it's a product that we eat. comes from trees. Okay. But there's obviously a process in between that. Right? So boiling. What is happening if you're taking the sap and you're boiling it? What's What exactly is going on there?
1: Well, when you gather the sap from the trees... The sap is comprised mostly of water. Its sugar content is one and a half to three percent sugar, and the most of the balance is water. And when you're using syrup at the table, you're using a product that's 65.5%, 67% sugar. So you have to take it from that one to three percent sugar up to 60, say, 67% sugar. So you can see that you have to concentrate it quite a bit. And when you boil it, um, that boiling process is, um, r- via steam, removing water.
0: So that's all you're doing. I mean, you're taking sap, taking out water, and then you have your finished product. Correct. I mean, why would you want to eat the fake stuff? That just doesn't make sense to me, right? I mean, it's, a, it's such a natural product to me. Although, no offense to those that just say I enjoy the fake stuff better that's fine
1: well i understand it's rising in popularity
0: one reason i think probably people might actually prefer the fake stuff to the real stuff is the cost so i mean i know i've seen prices for gallons ranging anywhere from like 40 to 65 dollars just for a gallon of maple syrup um what i mean what goes into that that makes it if it's that simple of an idea of sap boil syrup why is it expensive
1: it's created in a limited geographical area, so it requires a specific climate. It, it needs to have a period of time during which the trees undergo a freeze thaw cycle, and that is what creates the conditions that allows the collection of sap to produce the syrup. So that happens in northeastern United States, and then down a, a little bit into you know, through Pennsylvania and into Ohio. Um, and, up, of course, in Canada. Canada's the number one producer.
0: So limited geographical range, where a very small portion of the world can produce it. I've also seen where scientists have researched, like, rainfall, say the rainfall in 2017 affected the amount of sap that was collected in 2018. So weather, I mean, I know it has a factor in determining sap production, which would affect the amount of syrup produced, but what, I mean, what else is happening that can affect this sap production.
1: So, pretty much any environmental condition can influence that year's harvest for maple sap, including temperatures, um, geographic conditions, rainfall. Some farmers in the Northeast were concerned or have been addressing the changing climate temperatures. They're concerned about that. So, there's any lots of environmental influences that can have an effect on. The maple syrup production that year.
0: It also has a lot to do with, I mean, the exact temperatures on the days they're trying to collect sap, right? You need like freezing at night, thawing during the day.
1: To get sap production, you need that freeze-thaw cycle. You need the temperatures to go down below freezing at night and above freezing during the day. And that changes the pressure inside the tree. And that is what causes the sap to uh, exude from the wound that you make in it, which is the tap hole. So I've done
0: a little research into trying to, you know, what scientists understand causes those pressure gradients. And I know it's pretty complicated. So I'm just going to say this for the listener out there. If you're one so inclined to better understand exactly why sap flows, it's an interesting topic um, of, you know, why that freezing and thawing creates that pressure and forces it out. We're not going to get into that here, but I just will say, if you're of that mind and you're really curious to know, do some research into it. It's frustrating because we scientists don't understand it all, and of course, what they understand, I understand very little of. So, um, but check it out. It's it's kind of a cool, interesting little little topic, I think.
1: So it's about how physics affects your breakfast table.
0: Oh, there you go. The physics <laughs> of breakfast. Yeah, that right. might be a cool. We we'll have to put that one in our back pockets. Yeah, yeah there you go. The physics of breakfast, all right. You, you mentioned sugar, and later in the episode, when I go, um, when I take it outdoors with Tom, we'll talk about sugar content in trees. And you had said one and a half to 3% is pretty normal. I know it can get a little bit higher, but basically then if you, no pun intended, boil that down, the higher concentration you start with, the less sap you're going to need for syrup. I, I want to talk about what is the sugar that's in sap?
1: When the sap drips from the tree's tap hole, as it's coming out of the tree, the sugar that's contained in that sap is sucrose. After the sap is captured in your vessel, microbes go to work on it, including bacteria and yeasts and these things that are not harmful to people. They just naturally occur in the environment. They also are interested in the sugars in the sap. And so they work on the sucrose and they break the sucrose into two bits, essentially, and uh, the result is that now the sugar molecules in the sap will be comprised of sucrose, fructose, and glucose. Fructose and glucose are kind of, just to put it in simple terms, half size of a sucrose molecule. And it's been broken into by these microbes.
0: All right, so all this, this stuff, this bacteria, yeast, and all that, which, as you said, is not harmful. It's important to point out it's not harmful. So it feeds on this sugar. So it's, I mean, that's... It's what happens in a lot of when you're baking bread, right? I mean, you put in the yeast, it feeds on sugar. When you're making beer and all this other stuff, these things are feeding on sugar. So syrup is no different um, in that sense, that they're feeding on the sugar, breaking it down. But then does that begin to change? I mean, to me, when you think of sugar, you think, oh, all sugar tastes the same. But that actually can affect the flavor of the syrup, right? The more these are broken down.
1: Correct. As you progress through the season, The microbial action will tend to be higher in your sap collection vessel for a number of reasons, part of it having to do with the chemistry in the tree as the season is progressing and part of it having to do with the fact that your equipment's been out already for a week or two weeks or a month and the temperatures are different. So there are a lot of factors that go into it, but the result is when there is Early in the season, there's a higher sucrose content. Later in the season, your fructose and glucose content, which are sometimes called invert sugars, will be higher, uh, higher proportionally speaking in the sap. And those have an effect on the chemistry that happens during the cooking process. So to put it in simple terms, higher invert sugars will result in a darker syrup product that has a slightly more robust flavor as it darkens.
0: Bottom line would then be at the beginning of the season, if it's nice fresh sap and you're you're boiling it right away, you're going to have a clearer color. The later the season goes, typically the more microbial action you might have and the darker that color is going to be.
1: Right, that's correct. And there are grading scales that grade maple syrup products by color. So the... Paler, lighter, more delicate color produced at the beginning of the season typically would be called grade A golden color with delicate taste. That's its, the whole official name for that product generated at the beginning of the season. As your season moves through toward the end of the season, you tend to get a higher percentage of those invert sugars happening in there. You might move down the grading scale to a darker color and you might be producing something called grade A very dark with strong taste.
0: And so, I, I one interesting point that I I think is kind of neat is it. I mean, used to be this grading scale was all over. Like Canada had theirs, Vermont had theirs, different states had their own, and there was no homogenization of this until a couple years ago. They finally did. But in a lot of the older ones, they would have grade A, like three grade A's, and the last one was grade B. But then a lot of taste tests, grade B are what people liked. So then they got rid of grade B because that sounds like it's less quality. So the point I'm trying to make is that just because these are changing, and they changed it all to grade A because the quality is no different, right? It's just whatever flavor you prefer.
1: Correct. Quality is equally good. There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it seems to me like contemporary taste buds kind of prefer the darker grades versus the paler grades that were in favor 40, 50 years ago.
0: Which do you prefer?
1: Well, honestly, I... I like the middle middle grades, and but there's I I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> not, there's not yeah, one I would turn yeah. down, honestly. <laughs> there, there there actually is a, a for for maple syrup scientists there's and, and um, precision cooks and academics who want to pursue you know more details. You can get into a whole terminology like they use with wine tasting. There's 67 terms to describe different maple syrup flavors. Uh, probably more than that, actually.
0: I just use one.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: delicious. We'll just stick with that one. <laughs> I, w- I want to talk about different maple products because we all think of maple syrup, but in when you go into the history of maple sugaring, which could really be a whole other episode. I mean, it's a fascinating history um, that even deals with you know abolitionists in the, the uh, 19th century, or even before that, even 18th century, you know, so it's it's just a, a fascinating history. But really, maple syrup wasn't really a product that was popular until, I mean, even less than 100 years ago, right? Before that, it was just, if you continue to boil it down, it just becomes sugar. And that was really the common form of it for most of its history, right?
1: Yes, I believe so, uh, due to the fact that it's far easier to keep maple sugar and to store it for a little while than it is to keep the liquid maple syrup product.
0: So, when, I mean, when the Native Americans would have made it, they probably would not have carried around a lot of syrup. Syrup weighs, I think, 11 pounds per gallon, if I, if I remember right. If they're moving around, they're not going to carry that, but sugar is obviously going to weigh a lot less. And so I, when I learned that, I thought that was interesting. When we think of maple, we just think of syrup, but syrup is actually kind of one of the newer products that they make you know, with with the, the maple sap. But what other kind of products are there out there that people might not be as familiar with?
1: Well, maple confectioners can make products called maple cream, maple sugar, hard maple candies, maple candies that are like the consistency of caramel, some that are the consistency of peanut butter. So there's a whole array of different kind of confections that can be produced with maple syrup, many of them just with pure maple syrup only, no additional ingredients. And if you're a maple syrup confectioner, then you're very familiar with that sucrose, fructose, glucose, invert sugar that we talked about earlier because the chemistry of those sugars causes the product to behave in a different way and be more or less successful in the creation of those confections that they're targeting for. So in other words, if it has too much or too little invert sugars contained in the syrup product that they're working from, they uh, will, they may or may not be able to produce what they're looking for. They have to have a, they they have to fall within a specific range of those invert sugars to be successful on their, on their um, confection product.
0: So really that's why that grading becomes more important. I mean, if you're looking for a specific, to make a specific product, you can't just order maple syrup. You need to say, hey, I want create a, what was the light, delicate Yeah, you taste. have to I mean, understand have to the be... physics
1: and the chemistry of the syrup. Okay,
0: so as simple as this is, you're taking sap from a tree and you're boiling it down. There's actually a lot that really goes into it. It's not as simple as it
1: might seem. There can be, let's put it that way. Or you can just tap a tree in your backyard, take the sap, boil it down, enjoy your syrup. If you boil it down more... Till it thickens up, you can take it off whenever you want, eat it whenever you want. <laughs> Something they used to do um, that we, we kind of associate it with. Uh, oh, never mind. I was going to talk about sugar on snow, but forget it.
0: <laughs> well, that actually sounds like a great idea. So I think that we should go outside and tap a tree. We are at Mitchell Memorial Forest. It's on the west side of town. It's, it's a good sized park. Um, but it's, uh, it's not one that's often visited. It's a little bit more out of the way, which, which can kind of make it nice at times. They're, we're on the Wood Duck Trail, which is a, a pretty wide um, path that's... Uh...
2: It looks like something out of a movie. Um, w- um, was I allowed Why to is that? was interrupt yeah. <laughs> by yes, any chance? Absolutely. Okay. I don't know, like, like how wide the trail is, and it's just got these rows of, uh, I'm guessing they're maple trees yeah. uh, on each side. It just, I just, I can just see a, a stoic woman, like, popping out of the maple tree here and going, like, oh, I'm going back into the forest, and yeah. I have to chase her and be like, who are you?
0: So, it's, so basically, this Mitchell is, is an enchanted forest. It does. It looks, like, okay. it, it looks like,
2: like, it looks like an enchanted like it. forest, like something out yeah. of a fairy. And there's random, massive pine trees here, which is kind of interesting, too, because they're not really, uh, native to here, but but they're, but they're, like 50 feet tall, Uh, I just think that's kind of neat.
0: We are here today, as Tom mentioned, there's a lot of maples on this path. And we are here to talk about uh, how to tap a tree. So previously you heard us talk to Penny Borgman. We talked a lot about the science of mapling, of maple sugaring and where the sap comes from and all of that. Now we're gonna talk about, you might say, hey, you know what, I don't care about the science. I just wanna make maple syrup. Well, this part is then for you. We're going to tap a tree. We're going to talk about the whole process. Um, so we're going to head down this path, find a good maple tree, and go from there. Let's get your uh... Let stuff here. I can carry if You need me too.
2: I got so into um, maple tapping and maple proper maple syrup and all that good stuff I, I did. I found a tree that... Close enough to ten inches. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe a little bit smaller than it, but I, I really wanted to try it. So um, and uh, yeah, I got a I got a good three or four ounces of maple syrup. So it was, it was There you go. White taps
0: fun. I have one maple tree in my yard. And I tapped it for the first time this year. I've already tapped it, so I tapped it in mid-January. Which the weather forecast looked like there'd be a really good flow and then it got just too warm. So the next week looked really good, and then it just got too cold. So kind of keeps to the whole idea that February is kind of the best time mm. to tap. But I still got some sap, so I'm not, uh, I'm not oh, upset.
2: There you I go. Uh, I'm addicted to proper maple syrup now, and just the whole idea of just getting something from the forest that's yeah, just so, so good and requires so little processing.
0: What about... Uh, what about this one right here that's a nice one
2: i like the look of that one this one you know you know what it's like paul i I, i'm gonna i I guess i'm still not out of a holiday mood it's almost like finding that perfect christmas tree
0: it just glows in front of you yeah yeah exactly the music starts playing you can find there's plenty of places to buy sugar maple equipment none of it's really that expensive and if especially if you're doing this in your backyard and you only have, say, two trees, you can do this actually really cheap. Um, You can get a spile, or the spout, or the tap, whatever you want to call it. Um, You can get plastic ones for, I mean, they can run like 85 cents. You can use an empty milk jug, just cut a hole in it to stick it over that. The cleaner it is, the healthier it's going to be for the tree, and the more sap you're going to get. If you stick something in there with bacteria, that tree is going to react to that bacteria much quicker and seal off the hole that you made, and the sap flow is going to slow down and come to a stop. If it's clean, that reaction from the tree is gonna be slower and so you're gonna have a longer season of more sap flow. Um, the other thing is if you introduce a bacteria, you know, just like you, if you get a cut and and a bacteria gets in there, you're gonna get an infection. Same thing with the tree. We are we are creating a wound to the tree when done properly, it's it's not a problem. But if you're to introduce a bacteria into there inadvertently, that could potentially harm the tree. So just bleach it, you know, <laughs> use a, a, a diluted bleach, then just let it sit. That bleach will pretty much evaporate off of there, whatever's left um, and, or vinegar. and stick it in there. So vinegar works as well. Um, just make sure those things are clean. If you buy an actual spile, you can buy different sizes. They come in, um, traditionally they're always seven sixteenths. Research has said that is kind of too big. It, you don't really get that much more sap out of it. But you're creating a much larger wound, so, so now you're most saying, people don't use, like
2: put a PVC pipe no into the tree no
0: <laughs> right. It's gonna one it's just all the more surface area you wounded so you're making a larger cut on this tree and it's all the more surface area that bacteria can get in there. PVC would not be a good idea, um, but you can now buy five 16 piles and that's what we're gonna use um, today. It's the surface area actually is far less than what seven sixteenths says but you're gonna get pretty much the same amount of sap. Um, so that sap ratio, or sap to size of the wound ratio is, is good at 5 16 so you're gonna get plenty of sap and you're still gonna be protecting that tree.
2: Now, why no, we have, we, do we only have one spile? Like, couldn't we just put like
0: five spiles in here and get five times the amount of sap? You can put five spiles in there, <clears throat> but one, you're not gonna get any more sap out of it two you just created three to four extra wounds that so you've three to four times the chance of hurting your tree because it's all about pressure everything is all about pressure when it comes to getting sap so the more taps you put in there the quicker you're going to relieve that pressure and no more saps going to come out all right so you um, so saying so anymore- i should
2: get like a 10 foot ladder and just start adding you know 50, 60 spiles just to get no. as much stuff as possible? No, you're, just, okay. you're not gonna get any more. Right. So
0: now they say the max is two, and that's only if your tree is large enough. Basically, if you are if you have a diameter of your tree, they call it diameter at breast height. So if you stand next to your tree, and you stick your hand out from your chest to the tree, and you measure it at that spot, that is its diameter at breast height. And if it's over 18 inches, you can put two, two taps in, um, but one is, is ideal. Um, for for most so, trees, so don't no
2: start tapping uh, saplings. They won't like it too much. No, right?
0: no. If it's under 10 inches, 12 inches, I would just just leave it alone. Um, it's it's you're gonna probably do more damage to the tree than the good you're gonna get out of it. Um, now, having said that, also though, some people a common question is, can you take so much sap that it hurts the tree? And the answer is no. Um, the answer is no there is far the tree itself produces far more sap than what it actually needs to survive um, And we are taking a very small percentage of that sap um, So you're not gonna take so much sap Especially if it's just you're just putting a spile in there with a bucket and all that sap is just coming out by gravity You're not gonna take enough sap to damage that tree. So that's just not a not a concern at all um, So again, we're gonna go with 5 sixteenths. We have a brace and bit Let me get out of the bucket here before things like electricity and batteries you know we had bracing bits instead of drills so this is just a a, you know a hand drill hand drill yeah you can buy specific maple drill bits they are not that expensive and they're they're cut a little bit differently and so that when you drill it it does a better job of removing that sawdust from the tree you don't want that sawdust in there can plug the hole and typically when you drill a hole your first reaction is to what what do you do when you, you drill a hole? You look Blow in, in hole. it. Exactly, you blow in the hole. When you blow in the hole, you have the potential to introduce bacteria from your mouth into that tree. So that drill does a better job of getting all of that sawdust out of there. So 5 sixteenths bit, and then I put it into my brace. Yet you're not allowed to use um, electric drills. <laughs> it's against maple uh, law. Only against maple tradition. You can use an electric gas-powered... Corded battery, whatever, doesn't matter. We're going 19th um, century style. I just though. want to make sure to control it. Gas powered, it might be a little it, intense. unless you're doing 10,000 taps. Yeah, to be honest, though, so, I mean a hand drill, it
2: doesn't really take that much more work, and no. you don't have to worry about dead batteries. So it's right. I mean, it's and you feel some,
0: better when you're done. Sure, there's just something about using. You just feel like you got some tools. work done. Maple, there's such a romanticism to maple sugaring. This is something yeah. that's been done for. We don't even know how long because the Native Americans were the first to do it. They taught the Europeans when they came. We don't even know how long the Native Americans have been doing it. So time out of mind, it's been happening. Just this beautiful thing. You go out in the late winter, early spring, and you just... There's...
2: Icicles on your beard. So much back to nature oh. with it. Yeah. yeah, and then afterwards, we're going to eat pancakes. And... Uh, right,
0: Paul? We'll gorge ourselves on maple syrup. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So... <laughs> Where to tap on the tree, honestly, it doesn't really matter. Tradition used to say tap over a big root or under a big branch. Um, in the end, that's nonsense. There's, <laughs> there's no science behind that. Because um, all through around that tree, in the sapwood, that sap is flowing. Don't so, believe,
2: Paul, it's part of the maple sugar in conspiracy. <laughs> big maple is trying to make you produce as little <laughs> sap as possible so that you buy
0: the syrup. <laughs> it really doesn't matter where you tap. We'll Trust see me.
2: about that. No, I'm, I'm so, joking. <laughs>
1: um,
0: it doesn't matter how high you go, how low you go. Typically, you just want to tap where it's easy to put the bucket on and you can look in to see if there's sap. If you go too high, you're going to have to get a ladder. Um, too low, there might not be enough room for your bucket or it's easier for animals to get in there. Can keep in mind that sap is sugar. Animals love sugar as much as we do. Keep that in mind. Find a spot, drill it in an inch and a half. An inch and a half is perfect. Tom, you want to do the honors or something? Absolutely, right.
2: absolutely. I'll, I'll give it a go. I'm, I am not as seasoned uh, maple sugarer as Mr. Paul, but I do know that it's probably a good idea to maybe put it on an angle, right?
0: You know what? No? Again, tradition kind of always used to say put it in an angle, and that prevents the sap from pulling Okay. In there. Yeah, I was told but like 45 degrees. Most research kind of says it doesn't necessarily matter. Big maple, everybody.
2: So- <laughs> Big maple trying to reduce our syrup, uh, syrup count. The
0: key to it is whether it's horizontal or at a slight angle, all right, just so make sure that that is a nice, even, straight hole. All right. And then you, you, said just, about you don't want what? to wobble. It doesn't, you don't want to elongate the hole. So um, make one sure and it's a half a nice inches, right? So one and a half inches. Maybe yeah, to so the,
2: this one right yep, here, yep, the third one. Yeah, that'll work. All right. So I'm going to do it at a slight <laughs> slant because I'm, I'm not sure if I... I uh, believe uh, Paul, oh well that's unfortunate, oh there we go. It's a little, uh, do we need to tighten it up a little bit? It's a okay. little, there we go. There we go.
0: So to that third one. So now as he's tapping, we're looking at the color of the wood coming out. So going through that initial bar could be darker, which we saw, and now what's coming out is nice creamy white uh, shavings. And that's what you want. That means you're going into good sapwood where that, the, the sap is gonna be flowing. If you hit what they call um, stained wood, so it's gonna be darker brown color, that means that that area of the tree, there's no, um, there's no healthy vessels anymore. So you're not gonna get any sap. So if you're getting that brown stuff, just stop, find another place. You want that nice creamy white, which is exactly what we're getting out of this tree right here. Well, you think that's pretty good, um, right, Paul? I think Paul? that's perfect.
2: Yep. Um, how do you reverse this guy? Twist it there. Now do it.
0: Impressive. Yeah. There you hey. go. So now we have our 5 hole. So the next step I, is. You
2: know what? I was standing there, and I was like, I need to I need to blow. Look,
0: look, look. We already got sap Way. coming out. Look at that. Sap is already coming out. I love it. I good love stuff. it. I love it. All right, who's our bucket? <clears throat> so get our buckets get our tap. So, I have my the spile, the spout, the tap, whatever you want to say. I'm going to set it there and I'm going to hammer it in. Now, this is not a big hammer. This is not a big hammer at all. Um, you don't need to use a big claw hammer because... You don't you, want to knock over the tree. Exactly. So, if you hit it in too hard, if it goes in too far, you're not going to get as much sap. You run the risk of, of cracking the tree, which is obviously created a much larger wound than you intended. Could introduce a lot more bacteria and hurt, harm that tree. So you just want to do, set in there, just do a nice gentle tap. Um,
2: For Some reason he's using the side of the hammer. That must okay. be some kind of American technique that...
0: <laughs> that way I just, I don't miss. This is a, again, this is a small hammer. The head of it's pretty small. I don't miss if I'm using the side. The spile is in there. Look oh, at that. Look The that. sap is right running out. and dripping out. Oh, I can't wait to taste it. I know. I'm going to try right. it right now. So let's um, get the bucket on there. So I'm just going to put my mouth under it first.
2: Probably tastes like water, right, Paul?
0: You know, 90-some percent of what I just drank is water. But I can taste can you? Even if it's just that 2 to 4% sugar, Honestly, I can looks, taste the sweetness. It looks
2: more cloudy than the Well, from I think a lot of that's
0: still just some of the little bit of sawdust that's left in there. Oh, okay. So that'll that'll come out. I mean, um, that's really coming out. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna move the microphone here. I want to get that, that nice tink. Alright, so we got the, the tap in. The bucket is on. The last thing you want to make sure you do is put a lid on top because the whole idea of maple sugaring is we're getting rid of water. So if you don't have a lid on there and you get rainwater there, snow melts in there, that's just all the more water you have to get rid of and all the more work you have to do, the longer it's going to take. So make sure you put a lid on it. Um, Might protect from bird poop a little too. Bird poop, bugs are still going to get in there, not a big deal. You can skim them out, you're going to boil it anyway, so it's just not, it, it's not an issue. Get a little um, bit of extra protein. Right, a little protein if it gets stuck in there, not a big deal. So uh, yeah, now we're tapped and
2: Alright, so so we've sap- got a good like, you know, seven or eight uh, drops of uh, sap in there, so it's good to go and we can go
0: make some maple syrup, right Paul? Um, well, it might take a little bit longer than that. So, seven or eight drops is only going to get you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, you, the, in Southwest Ohio, the week or the season can last, you know, four to six weeks, depending on the, temp- the temperatures and the way the weather goes. Um, and you want to probably wait, you know, if you're only doing one or two trees, you're going to want to wait it out and, and uh, you know, collect all the sap that you can. Because keep in mind, there's the Jones Rule of 86. And the Joan Rule of 86 says, if you take the number 86, divide it by the percent of sugar in your sap, that's how many gallons of syrup you can make. So... I hope
2: you guys understood that, because I didn't. <laughs> well, <let> me, so, <laughs> From what I have learned, a, a gallon of sap makes a little bit of syrup. How, yeah. how does that
0: sound? <laughs> <laughs> Let's, I want to give people hope. I want people to understand that if you just have one maple tree in your yard it still could be worth it to tap. Well, so yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. and of
0: 86. On average, a maple tree has 2% sugar in its sap. So it's All like right. 98% water, 2% sugar. There's some other things in there that give it that maple flavor, but they're very tiny. Not, we don't need to worry about those right now. So at 2% sugar, if you take 86, divided it by 2, you're going to get 43. And so you will need, at 2% sugar, you will need 43 gallons of sap to make one gallon of syrup.
2: Yeah, but no, you don't need a gallon of syrup. Right, though.
0: no, 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 you don't. If you have, say, 2% sugar, and you only have 20 gallons of sap, you're gonna get a half a gallon of syrup. Even if you only get a quart, it's still worth it. Now, here's the catch, though. So, maple trees on a high end could go up to, say, 4% sugar, maybe even a little bit higher. Now, if you only have one maple tree in your backyard, and it's not crowded out by others, so it has this nice canopy, it's not competing for sunlight, it's just open and free to the sky, it potentially could have a much higher percent sugar. So let's say you have a tree that you has 4% sugar, and let's say it's a really good season, and from that one tap, you might be able to get, say, 10 to 20 gallons. So let's say in a perfect situation, you get 4% sugar, you get 20 gallons, right? Now, if you go back to that Jones rule of 86, divide it by four, suddenly you get 21 and a half. So, in a perfect situation, from one tree and one tap, you could almost get one gallon of syrup. Well, and now, that's perfect, but either way, that's to say, hey, even if you only get a quart, or even if it's it, still to, worth your to time. To be honest, I mean, if you have a family and you have kids... Even just making a
2: few ounces, making seven or eight ounces, right. it's fun right. because it's, it's something that you made from something in your very own backyard. So, right. you know, and you don't, you don't, you don't even, as I said, if, uh, you know, you have a, you have enough time to make a couple of gallons of sap, sap, and you want to boil it down to see how much syrup you get. Maybe, maybe you get enough to fill a, you know, a little a, a little jar, and you know, you can have it on maybe a, one breakfast. And I, I, I think it just it's sounds kind it. of
0: fun. So. It's absolutely worth it. Yeah, and as far as boiling, it goes, you don't have to have a big evaporator. Nope. Um, you know, I've done it on a turkey fryer. Those actually work really well. You can control the heat easily with the propane. Um, you can nice. just put it in the the big pot pot. Thank you. Yes. I don't know why that word's not <laughs> coming to my head. Um, the key though with boiling is the more surface area, the better because the more surface area, yeah. the more steam will be able to evaporate quicker and it'll take less time. I just, um, so I if just, you have like a, a even a, a bigger pan that you can put on top of there, that's an easy way to do it. The only thing that I'd suggest not doing is doing it inside your house.
2: Yeah, you would never want to do that. <laughs> that would be a terrible thing to do. <laughs>
0: Something tells me Tom's done that. Now, if it's a small amount, you'll get away with it. But if it's any, any type of amount where you're talking a couple gallons of sap, that is then a basically a couple gallons of water that you're boiling off in your house
2: so if, if instead of a humidifier that day yeah there
0: you go yeah you, if you, you have wallpaper make... you're, you might peel your wallpaper paint could even bubble it's just it's not a good idea put it this way um, so
2: i had as i said i i did i had 2 gallons of sap and i did do it in my kitchen and it took i would say it took about 5 hours
0: to boil. Yeah, that's, that's just not um, efficient.
2: It's not efficient. And yeah, but I mean. You created the Amazon. But I mean, here. if you want to do that, <laughs> I mean. By all means, if you want to be
0: real adventurous, you know what, build a fire in your backyard, put yeah. some cinder blocks around it where you can put a pan on top of it, boil, just enjoy being outside boiling. Um, And then if you get it close to syrup, then you can take it inside and finish it on the oven where you can really control the heat. Um, Um,
2: And I actually actually turned most of my syrup into sugar because I didn't realize when to stop boiling. So
0: that was another problem. If you boil too far, if you make it too thick and you're like, you know what, I've gone past the point of syrup, just add water and then boil it back to where it needs to be. Mm. Or if you want to keep going and you just make sugar and just make sugar. It's I mean, delicious it was good. as well. It was yeah. good.
2: It was like it was like chunks of sugar at the bottom of the syrup and Yeah. And if it's not perfect, it if good. you're not
0: making a lot, who cares? You're going to eat it anyways. And so I like,
2: actually, you know what else I did wrong? I did it when it was like budding too. So
0: that's I'm glad you <laughs> brought that up. If you wait too long and the buds on the tree start to open, the chemical composition of that sap changes and it turns bitter. People will talk about um, buddy sap. But if you like buddy coffee syrup,
2: I mean, honestly, I, feel, I, I, I was like, some people say it's. I, plus, I had like a tiny, tiny little bit. So it's not like I had a full, you know, 12 ounce thing of buddy yeah. sap. Yeah. Like it was.
0: So. Um, so do it so early. Do, do it, it now. It, tap now. <laughs> Absolutely. Tap now. Collect what you can. Boil outside. And your next question is going to be well, how do I know when it's done? Basically, do everything the opposite of what I did. <laughs> So, sap will boil at 7 degrees above the boiling point of water, which typically is about 219. Um, pressure and elevation can change that, but if you have a candy thermometer, you stick it in there. If it's boiling and it gets up to 219, you're done. Um, you can take it off the fire. Um, sometimes you can maybe filter it. if You can put it through some, you know, cheesecloth, cheese whatever. Coffee filter filters. Coffee filters might Actually, be a that little didn't, didn't, too much. It
2: didn't work very yeah. well. I I had um, a coffee filter full of um, maple yeah. water. And so, yeah, don't use coffee. You can online and filters. find
0: maple filters for probably pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Filter it through, would be collect fine. it. And it's good almost indefinitely. Put it in your refrigerator. Um, if you start to see a little crystallization on the bottom, that's no problem. That's sugar coming out of the, the syrup. Not an issue. If you let it sit for so long, you get some mold on it not an issue either all you got to do is put it back on the stove bring it to a boil scoop that mold off and then put it back in its container and stick it in the freezer or not in the freezer um in the refrigerator and uh, i mean you could have maple syrup sort of pops you could try that now you can you have syrup on snow yes so if you get the syrup boiling and then you pour it on the snow it turns into like this taffy consistency hmm. yeah interesting yeah. i've heard
2: about it i've never yeah. actually had it
0: and it's good. Maple syrup is good on everything. It's good on toast, obviously pancakes, waffles, French toast. It's good on ice cream. If you mix some in milk, this is going to get delicious. This is
2: going to get more personal. If, and you can stop me if it is. <laughs> I can always but edit. A certain interpreter's cholesterol has been a little higher than it should have been <laughs> the past few months. And in order to try and get it down for my doctors, I've been eating um, oatmeal. But oatmeal and real maple syrup—it's made it um, edible. <laughs> that was my breakfast this morning. Was it And really... when you
0: throw in black walnuts?
2: Uh, no, I did not. I'm it's... not that fancy ball. <laughs> Try it. Try it. Black walnuts—not
0: just English walnuts. English walnuts are good. Black walnuts—a bitter flavor, supposedly. Kind and... of. Not a. Not a bad bit. Yeah, and, and the shell is
2: incredibly bit. hard. So you're supposed to. Work well, obviously,
0: don't it. eat the shell. <laughs> Find somebody who's already done all the work. Get some of just the nut meat from them, throw it in an oatmeal with maple syrup. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Hi guys. Bum. Hello.
2: <laughs> no, some. Alrighty. Well, I think that was a pretty good uh, pretty good topping session, Mr. Pole.
0: I think so. I just have to we'll come back, we'll collect the sap. Well, actually, one other point that I need to make. If you're gonna collect sap, you know, through the season, you need to keep that sap cool until you boil it. And when I mean cool, Mm. like basically you should freeze it. If it goes really above like 40 degrees, it's gonna start to turn, Um, it'll turn yellow, it'll turn, just the flavor will be off. And when you're boiling something, if the flavor's off, all you're doing is concentrating that flavor. So it it could, even if the sap just tastes a little bad, that could make the syrup taste really bad. So check it every day. You're not gonna get sap every day, don't worry. Um, You might get a couple days where it's a little warmer or it's too cold. You're not going to get anything. Leave it up. It's going to be fine. When you get those freeze thaw, make sure you go out there and check it. Collect it each day. Don't let it sit in there. And then I suggest just freezing it. Um, And if you at least can keep it close to freezing, um, that's going to keep any bacterial growth. Because that bacterial growth is what's going to get in there. It might not be harmful bacterial growth, but it's really going to change that flavor composition um and that's just not a good thing so but, collect but your sap regularly keep it frozen all righty well
2: thanks all for right. taking me out here
0: paul i'm gonna no have problem. to come to mitchell more well, often into um, the enchanted forest what do we got here one two three four five six seven eight nine ten 11. there's about two dozen more trees so all right. you know when you're done and um <laughs> i'll <laughs> come back let's let's I'll get come on back this. in a couple weeks and um eat your syrup there so. you go there
2: you go i'm on it i'm on it as long as i don't get um uh, lured away by the, uh, enchant- the enchantress, enchantress of yes.
0: Mitchell Forrest. She might just steal the sap. Yeah, She's probably oh. waiting yes, and he's watching.
2: Just, yep, yep. So, and then side. she makes
0: the syrup, and then that's how she lures you in. It's on oh, her eyes. With maple. It's the yeah, syrup Yeah, you just start smelling it. Makes. You're like,
2: Shh. what is that? Oh, it's yeah. like a, yeah, what is that sugary smell? And it yeah. just wafts. And, and all of a sudden, like, you know, in cartoons, our feet just lift, and we just, like, just <laughs> just fly. <laughs> just, just getting lowered on, on over yeah. to her sugar shack. And, and she tries to like lure us with her voice and her. And yeah. we're like, no, nah, no, nah, we just want the syrup. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, but by like, then it's too late. Yeah, then, then, you're we've, captured. Been, then we've been. Then Folks, that is
0: our show for today. I hope you were inspired today to at least, at the very least, go out and try some real maple products if you've never had. Um, I really hope, though, that we did inspire you to try out the magical process of maple sugaring yourself. It's not hard. A lot of the things that you need are already around your house. So all you really need is a maple tree. And if you don't have one, maybe your friend does. Maybe your neighbor does. Find a maple tree, tap it, collect some sap, make some syrup. You'll thank me later. For more information on all the great parks and specifically Mitchell Memorial Forest, all of our upcoming programs and events head over to greatparks.org thank you penny for joining us today and of course thank you listener for joining us today on take it outdoors a podcast where you can enjoy the outdoors from the indoors check back next month for our next episode and until then i'm paul sievers get outside enjoy nature